Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Look at all these dogs just popping up in here on a Sunday evening watching the Georgia show with the NBA Finals going on. We're going head-to-head with Jimmy Butler, a huge noted Georgia Bulldog fan himself. Guys, welcome in. This is the Georgia show, another huge five-star weekend for Georgia. And uh, with the visitor list like the dogs had, you can't get out of this one without a little bit of buzz. I'm Wes Blankenship, Rusty Manziel, Jake Roos, Palmer Toms joining me. Jake Rowe has the night off. Guys, uh, what's your uh, what's your takeaway, Rusty? What you what you hearing? What's your what's your vibe right. on how some of these guys uh, took this visit and and how they reacted to it? Well, I want to say a good big thank you to to, to Chad Simmons who chipped in today. Big deal, uh, helped us out for all the stories on Dogs HQ, and I got what I could get. And and we're, you know, uh, Roos has already got some stuff. Palmer's working on some stuff, so. You know, big visit weekend. It takes everybody, but certainly can't go on without saying a big thanks to Chad Simmons. Got several guys and a position of need, which is a massive, massive position of need. And um, you look at, you know, Justin Scott and you look at um, you look at uh, Justin Green. And those guys are major, major targets for Georgia. I think they both had really good visits this weekend. So, you know, like I said on the board through the years, I've kind of learned to um, – be kind of careful that visit high. You know, a lot of kids will make it a decision now. They'll make a decision, but a lot of them will come off these visits, especially this first one, and, and and it's like, you know, this is the one for me, but then they start taking three or four, and they're like, you know, kind of confused again. So you look at these guys and the people that were there this weekend, obviously it starts with Dylan Rayola, uh, number one player in the country, uh, Georgia quarterback commit. He was there working, and, you know, we'll see how this weekend uh, plays off. But I was in Nashville this week, so I do want to say one thing about Ellis Robinson and his family, the, what, a, what an awesome group of people to meet with and listen to and kind of just just learn who they are. And his dad is, I'm telling you, he could not speak any higher of Fran Brown and Will Muschamp. And he just said, listen, he's the number one cornerback in the country. You see right there, he's a five-star. He's a number one industry-rated cornerback in America, plays at ING Academy and, Everybody's still after him, but his dad told me, I mean, you know, Fran Brown, Kirby Smart, and Will Muschamp, to have your son play for three guys that know how to coach DBs, he goes, man, he's he's going to Georgia. Uh, Fran, this is a big Fran Brown show. Uh, maybe one day we'll have him on here. But I know, Roos, you're a huge fan, Absolutely. huge supporter in the Fran Brown fan club, the Fran club. Uh, is that sentiment – copy and paste with these elite DBs? And if so, that has to be just a dream scenario for Kirby Smart as he is building wave after wave after wave 
of elite secondary groups, not just players, not just individuals, but position groups across the board. Yeah, I mean, and you know what's I think what's really impressive about how Georgia's done it is they've been able to keep it rolling when you've seen a lot of turnover at that position with Jamal Adai, uh, you had Mel Tucker there, you uh, had Charles Warren, um, and now I, I feel like personally Fran Brown has elevated it uh, to a, a higher level than it's been the whole time. Um, I mean, no, no, no shine off of those other guys. They brought in some fantastic players, but the way that kids talk about Fran Brown and the way that he's able to connect with guys is what's so stunning to me. And you hear from Ellis Robinson, the, he, almost every time he and I have talked, he mentions the relationship with Fran having started at Rutgers and how long that's been building. And I mean, what a tremendous evaluation to, to spot this kid early and to build that relationship and then to bring it into Georgia. Um, you just can't really say enough about what the guy's done. And like I said, I, I feel like he's really elevated the position. The tough thing is going to be, I think, holding on to Fran Brown for a long time because he's going to have a lot of opportunities to go a lot of places. Um, not to say that he's that's imminent, but that guy's headed for big, big things. I think uh, head coach one day is uh, probably not far off of the radar. And I think we heard as much. I think um, Matt Rule said something to that effect at one point as well. So, um, but yeah, tremendous weekend for Georgia overall. Um, you know, had a chance to touch base with a couple of these guys and. Um, you know, the buzz continues to be, uh, you know, uh, very strong. I mean, it's very positive around Georgia right now. Uh, Daniel Calhoun, great piece up by Jeremy Johnson over on the site with him. Jeremy uh, crushes it. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy's awesome and uh, did a great piece uh, with Daniel Calhoun. Uh, definitely a guy I think people need to have their, uh, their, their ears up on for sure. Um, you know, I think that that's a big position of need in this class. There's not a lot of guys uh, at the offensive line position uh, as good as uh, Daniel Calhoun in this cycle. And, um, you know, this is a situation where they want to keep an elite guy in uh, in state. And uh, I think they got a really good shot at doing so um, from, from everything that I'm hearing. So, I mean, he's huge. Six, six, six and a half, 360. And what's wild about him is he's been that big since he was in like eighth grade. I mean, I remember yeah. seeing him. I remember yeah. seeing him like I remember the first time I, I spotted him on a sideline. And I was like, "Who is this?" And uh, <laughs> it was like, I mean, he was like he was like thirteen. I mean, he was gigantic. Um, so, and I think that that's really advantageous for a guy too. Um, you know, to be that big that early, you you kind of learn how to use your body a little bit more, um, and and, and kind of work with the brain, but. You know, uh, like I said, the the buzz is positive around Georgia. I, I know everybody's not hearing everything they want to hear, um, you know, uh, with five-star wide receivers and somebody talking about Sammy Brown over here in the comments. I mean, there's, there's you know, it's the same stuff everybody's dealing with. But the reality is, I told somebody the other day, the sky's not falling, man. You got 16 commits in the number one class, and you just had your first big official visit weekend. Uh, this summer's going to tell the tale of a lot of this, but Georgia – I mean, if the cycle ended today, Georgia would have a hell of a class. Uh, that's what you, that, I mean, that's one of the best ways to look at it, I think. So um, some extra pieces to go pick up, but uh, they're, they're definitely trending in the right direction at uh, some really good spots. Well, and, and Roos, here's the thing with that is, is that I think people saw, uh, you know, Dylan Rayola commit and then the, the run on commitments that came right after that scavenger hunt weekend. Well, a lot of those guys were guys that Georgia had put in a lot of work with. Before it's a little him. bit of a sugar high. It, exactly. And, and I think that, you know, you absolutely could see the Rayola effect play out. But these June official visits, kids want to take them. 
they don't want to go into an OV at, at another school committed to somewhere that they're not visiting. And, sure. and so, you know, they, they, I mean, for better or for worse, they, people like being pampered a little bit and going on these trips, you absolutely get pampered. Just look at, you know, the, the way that they get treated in town. And, um, you know, so, so I don't, and Rusty, you've said this on the board, you've said this in your articles, we might see the Rayola effect, but it, and 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 the benefits, you know, Georgia reaping the benefits of these uh, June official visits and these big weekends. But it may not come until July or August. Once these kids, you know, a lot of kids want to shut it down before their senior season. That's when that happens. July, August, right after they take those visits, they see all their options, they weigh their options, and, and I think Georgia is absolutely going to be an attractive one. It just may not be, you know, we, we may not be seeing the commitments coming right now on, on June 4th. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I, I told, I mentioned on the board. Yeah, the some other of day, us get, no, go ahead, Rusty. Go ahead. I was going to no, say some of those kids are taking visits as silent, silent commits. Oh, there you go. There's the tease. Yeah. There's the tease we wanted. Yeah. Um, yep. And I assume you're referring to some of the guys in general, not this list of uh, visitors I have pulled up on the screen here, but maybe if you are, <laughs> wink twice. Dylan Riola, Willems, Waneri, Ellis Robinson, the fourth, Justin Scott, and Dylan Stewart, a uh, few of the five stars. And of course, Ryan Wingo there in the photo. Um, five star dudes visiting Athens this weekend. And Rusty, you did a uh, you gave us a little bit of a glimpse on the board, but as compared to the you know the the often talked about highly touted scavenger hunt that we you know were so well versed on a couple weeks ago, these visits are a little bit more tame. What does it look like when some of these guys get on campus? You know, five star or not? What's uh what's kind of their itinerary for what they do? This is the closest thing they'll get to being a student athlete at these universities because they, they spend a couple of days there and their families are there. They see where you're going to live. You get a chance um, with Noary, um, Williams, um, Chad actually did a great piece on him. and He talked about spending time with Michael Williams. You know what I mean? He got to spend time with a player on the team and, you know, he kind of basically said Michael was real with it. Like, here's here's what it's like to play at Georgia. You know, don't want to shirk of this thing. This is what we do. Is what you know, and uh, so those things. You know, you're not out taking the pictures, and you're not looking for Coach Kirby. You know, like this is a business trip with your family, a couple of dinners, academic tour, some free time. Uh, Sunday morning is breakfast. I think at Coach Smart's house, and then you do one on ones with your family. You get about twenty minutes, thirty minutes with with Kirby smart. And, um, you know, that's when you start asking questions and he starts asking questions and, you know, that's kind of, you find out, Hey, where, where are you exactly at right now? And do I need to hold your spot or are we still fighting this thing? So it's a little bit different. Uh, it, it is still a good time and they get, you know, they get wine and dined. I mean, there's food everywhere and, you know, they do the photo shoots on Friday nights and, but it's also kind of a business trip. You see, if you're going to go to Georgia, if you're going to go to Clemson, you're going to go to Alabama, Auburn, wherever, you kind of see what it's like to live somewhere and kind of be around the pulse uh, of those players. I imagine if you're Kirby Smart, it's kind of like the uh, country song about the dad cleaning his gun. All Kirby has to do is just sit there and just kind of polish both of those national championship trophies and 
uh, not really say too much else for the guys he's really wondering about. Um, yeah, a, a lot more to come. And if you want a resource of where to see who's coming down the pipes next, you can go to dogshq.com. I'll uh, share the tab here. Go to dogshq.com. Up at the top, you can see the football recruiting. Hover over to that and then slide on down to visits. And you can see who is coming up next. So Friday, June 9th. Thursday, June 8th. Oh, Ryan Puglisi coming in. Uh, Friday, June 9th. KJ Bolden. Mike Matthews. Uh, Edric Houston. For every pass. We'll see about Sammy Brown. Jordan Ross. Jordan Thomas. I mean, it, it's not going to stop. It's not going to slow down. And Rusty, you've told everyone that. June is the month. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What was that? <laughs> is, it, is it an ad playing on here? Yeah, have- it, was, it was a Ram ad playing in the background. <laughs> Oh, was it? Uh, well, they, we we should get double dip. We should get I double dip on the ad because that's on the rain. Was it that one? Do I get walk up walk up music? <laughs> uh, Can you hear me now? No, it's it's uh it's it's I mean, it's good though to um, I, you know they've got some big ones coming up, man. Um, listen, this whole month is is juiced. I mean, it's loaded up, and um. You know, some of these guys, like I said, they got they got some, you know, uh, ground to make up on. You know, you see a guy like uh, uh, Edric Houston. I think they're playing from behind there. Mike Matthews is another one. It looks like, you know, USC, I think, trending pretty heavily there. Tennessee going to be a compelling option for him. But then you bring in a guy like K.J. Bold, number one safety in America, the, you know, top player in his position, five-star guy. Everybody on earth wants him, too. I think Georgia's in a really good spot. But – Things change on a dime, man. And, you know, like Palmer said, and I think it's a really prescient point and something that people have to keep in mind, this, uh, you know, the, a lot of these guys who've taken it into the summer see it out um, for the most part. Uh, you know, there will be guys who, who pull the trigger, but if you're going to take it into the summer, a lot of guys are going to take it further than that. I mean, even guys, look, I mean, Jeremiah Smith has even said, this thing's on until signing um, you know, he, he's not shutting anything down. So and I think that's where a lot of these guys kind of move from. You, listen, you're you're lucky when you have guys, uh, you know, like a Nike car. Uh, that's 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 more of the exception than the rule uh, in recruiting uh, to have a guy like that who's long term locked in and, and out there representing for you um, and not really looking to entertain much of anything else. I mean, so, you know, I mean, that's the game. Right. That's just what it is every year. And uh yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But but like you said, or like Palmer said, it's going to be a while before I think we see some of those uh, some of that fruit come to bear. Before we move on, what's going on with Georgia's players right now? I, I know there are some like on on campus helping out with some of the uh, official visits and being their tour guides and that kind of thing. But these guys are working out hard right now too. They're they're in their workouts and doing what they can to get ready for the twenty twenty three three peat. Player-led, player-led workouts. And they're doing uh, seven-on-sevens now. 
and lifting weights. This is Scott Cochran's time or Scott Sinclair's time to, to shine. I mean, he's the guy. He gets the most time with these players. The strength staff can be around the players. Kirby Smart cannot be around the players. Glenn Schumann can't be around the players coaching right now. I mean, uh, this is player-led summer workouts for about three or four more weeks, and they get one break. Uh, they get, get one break at 4th of July for about four days, and that's it. That's it for until the season's over. There's no downtime for these dogs. Uncle Glenn uh, giving Rusty some props. Great on the SEC podcast. You were. Uh, congrats on getting that spotlight, man. You had a lot of good things to say, some good stories, and uh, we'll put a link to that in this show. Not afraid to share that and cross-promote that uh, as Rusty has some great testimonials from his time coming up in his career. Rusty, you were in Nashville, and Palmer, you wrote about uh, Kirby Smart's comments on NIL from the spring meeting. So a big NIL week in review uh, at on three's NIL elite series. And then, uh, the coaches spring meetings, NIL always going to be a big topic. And Kirby had some interesting things to say about, you know, maybe Congress getting involved. Uh, and he didn't think that would impact leadership. Um, that's what he said to Paul Feinbaum. He thinks that Congress could have an impact on it, but there may be some casualties along the way with other sports, even though Kirby's not worried about NIL, destroying college football we don't really touch on nil specifically on this show but with those touch points over the last uh few days rusty i'm, I'm curious about your takeaway about the momentum from the athlete's point of view uh before we kind of toss the ball over to palmer on your feedback from what kirby had to say rusty what were your takeaways from nashville last week um just education i mean the parents I had two parents come. To me. I had one parent come up to me, and I won't say who it was, but it was a five star, and basically said, "Hey, listen, thank you so much for the last couple of days. Our, you know, this being here, we were so focused on trying to figure out NIL that we kind of forgot how much an education was worth. And we had a great slide. Shannon Terry had a great slide on what an education is valued at, along with all the perks, all the per diems, everything." You know, if you go to one of these major power five schools and you're there like four years, a Georgia and Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee, somewhere like that, it's almost five hundred thousand dollars, you know, basically uh, because of living expenses, food expenses and all those things. And I, I just thought it was really cool. Uh, we're all learning together. You know what I mean? So NIL is not going anywhere. I don't they're going to, have to do some things. They'll probably try to do some things. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be a part of college recruiting. So these kids have to learn about it. These parents have to ask questions. And, man, there was a lot of people there. Um, there was a lot of people there that answered questions. And I thought Kirk Herbstreet was great. Kirk Herbstreet touched on several subjects. But I loved the part where he talked about enjoy the college experience. Go to baseball games during the week. Go to gymnastics meets. Go hang out with your boys. You know, have the entire college experience, um, you know, and enjoy. Don't be in such a rush to go to the NFL. Everybody's racing to go to the NFL. The odds are you're not going to make it. So enjoy it. And I thought it was a great message, and he really was a hit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just listening to Kirby, um, you know, you, you can tell that NIL is going to be a part of college athletics, and I don't think that he's against that. I think what he – wants to see is is a level playing field um you know i i thought it was pretty telling he said you know 
I he, he said, I just love college athletics across the board. And when you start talking about some of the ramifications that are coming down the line, it's going to impact Olympic sports, non-revenue sports. And I love all sports of college. Um, you know, like you said, Wes, Kirby doesn't see this destroying college football. Um, but some of the ramifications, if if there's not any sort of level playing field rules and regulations uh, across the board, uh, that's where it could end up hurting some of those other sports. I, I think it's awesome for these athletes to get opportunities to, um, you know, to, to make some money and and to utilize the the platform that they're on. Uh, you know, being representatives of the university of georgia or tennessee or alabama or wherever uh, i think it's really cool that they do have those opportunities but i do agree with kirby there where he says um you know in terms of the recruiting side of things you're dealing with kids from all over the country that are coming from different states that have different rules you know he has to operate under the georgia rules but you know this take a kid from you know tennessee He's got, you know, he's working under the the conception of, hey, I can do X, Y, and Z. Well, X, Y, and Z may not be allowed in the state of Georgia. The, you know, TWSAA, Tennessee's sports, may have a different rule than GHSA. Yeah. California just passed a bill uh, this past week for revenue sharing for college athletes. And once, you know, USC and UCLA make it to the Big Ten, you're talking about life-changing money for those players that may not have it in other states. And it's interesting that Greg Sankey is kind of looking at the SEC and trying to look at at it as a cohesive thing and get the member schools in the Southeastern Conference to all have a level playing field. Will all the schools in all those states want that? Will they want to find some, you know, advantages that they – didn't have traditionally I, I mean once we get above the the coaches once we get above that pay grade some of the administrators it's only going to get crazier but it does I think it helps that we've already covered this much ground at least and we've already well, learned and, this and, much and Wes I do think that states want to find those advantages for their in-state schools they'd be silly not to to try to keep you know, the student athletes or bring the student athletes to, you know, within their borders and, and all the revenue that comes with that. That's why I think Sankey is, is being proactive about this because by my count, the SEC represents 11 states. That'll be 12 when Oklahoma joins. Um, and, and I totally could have missed the math there, but when, no, you've, I, got, I think you're right. when, when you've got that many different sets of rules and regulations you've got to have a a you know central body that comes in and and you know puts their foot down and says this is what the rules are going to be and so that's why Sankey as somebody that's that's you know seeing this from so many different sides and different perspectives he's willing to have his group of people go to a major governing body congress in this case to try to push for some sort of regulations across the board that wouldn't just affect the SEC, but it would affect the NCAA. And I think that that's going to be important um, to, to making NIL sustainable, a, a sustainable method in, um, you know, in college athletics. Rusty, your uh, co-host here at 92.9, Drew Butler, 
uh, former Georgia punter, of course. Um, Kirk Herbstreet said that uh, college football governance could break away from the NCAA. I think that's something that a lot of people would agree with. But there's an idea here about a CBA, and Drew's a little skeptical about that. Uh, I, don't, I don't blame Drew for his skepticism there because that is a whole new can of worms negotiating for all the players. You know, the agent world is already insane as college athletes and recruits are trying to figure that out, what the union situation could look like. I mean, I think if, if you were to look back in like 2021 and tell people where we are today, they would, they would freak out. They'd panic. They'd lose their minds. But it ultimately hasn't been that wild, I don't think. But I think, you know, let's let's put this shoe on the other foot. Here in 2023, let's think about what college football could look like in 2027, 2028. It's kind of scary for the traditionalist college football fan. I get it, man. It's changing quickly. Yeah, it's a lot to keep up with. And I mean, and I, I, oh. no, go ahead. Go ahead, Rusty. Oh, no, I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I mean the the thing about NIL, you can't keep you can't fight it. It's 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 here to stay. Um, they're 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 in on it. I mean, it's it's there's no turning this thing back. Um, and like you saw Eli Drinkowitz's quotes uh, the other day, and uh, you know, obviously he had to come out and provide a little bit more context around that thing, but people even the public perception i think has shifted in terms of you know people are very accepting of the idea where i don't know that going in a lot of people were um i think too what you're also seeing is that market correction somebody uh over on on three uh i think it was pete nakos if i'm not mistaken did a piece on it the other day about um how you know the these guys are saying you know that the the money the money, the numbers are changing. Uh, you know, what we were hearing last year is not what we're hearing this year in terms of what guys are getting on deals as well. And so I think that that's, I think that that's a net positive. And I, I tell people all the time who ask me how I feel about it, that it, I think it was always, I think it's going to move to the way it was always designed to be. It'll be used as an inducement in some respects, but not totally. And I think that that's really the key for everybody is, you know, I think that it's going to, you're going to find the money trickles up and uh, people won't just keep throwing money down a hole on guys that are unproven and untested. And I think that that's what we'll continue to see moving forward. But right now it is what it is. And, you know, if you've got the opportunity to uh, kind of put yourself back into relevance, why wouldn't you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Falcons fan 1020 speaking for a lot of a lot of fans like that uh, a lot of what you were just saying Roos consider myself a traditionalist I'm fine with change as long as Georgia can still find ways to win and be a great program seems like up until now Kirby and Georgia have worked hard they've been creative they've thought about all the ways that they want this to work at their program and not totally you know lose touch with with what Georgia football should be and they've won two national championships, so it's worked out. 
Um, something that is also working out week after week is breaking tea. There's a link in every episode uh, description for the Georgia show for all the apparel you can find at breaking tea. I'm still waiting on my Philadelphia dog shirt. Palmer, have you gotten yours yet? I got mine. It's it, it got put away this weekend. I, uh, I did some laundry. So that that's where <laughs> mine is. Well, thank God. Uh, you can get it in gray. You can get it in green. And that's, of course, to celebrate all the great Georgia Bulldogs that the Philadelphia Eagles have drafted over the past two draft classes. Um, but you have some, you also have some traditional Georgia football shirts from the last couple of seasons. And whether it's the back to back, it's the dogs back on top, it's the national champs between the hedges, you really have an embarrassment of riches here at Breaking Tea. So uh, we always invite our listeners, our viewers of the Georgia show to check out the goods. This national champs, I think this has been sold out since 2021. Um, but there's some other good ones if you want to just go back to the original, the OG national championship. That one's worth celebrating too. Don't overlook that 33-18 win over Alabama. You got to start somewhere, and uh, you can do it all at Breaking Tea. Uh, guys, another thing that we heard, out of the spring meetings that was official since the last time we all gathered was the eight game SEC schedule in 2024. Georgia will play uh, and every SEC school will play eight SEC opponents and they'll play one power five opponent from a different conference. I think we know who Georgia's will be. Uh, Georgia's got two that year. Georgia tech. And they will also have. Clemson in the opener. Clemson, that's right. Is that one in Atlanta? Yep. Wow. What a tough year that'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, someone posed this on our board, and there isn't there isn't any rhyme or reason to this. I don't know if y'all have an inside scoop on who Georgia will play, but I want to make a record here on June 4th, 2023, who y'all think Georgia's eight opponents will be. And I'll go ahead and start. If y'all want to kind of get yours together, I will uh, tell you who. I thought Georgia was going to play. Um, and I, I think while everyone is freaking out about Auburn getting off the schedule, I still think Georgia will play Auburn. I think the SEC won't want to totally shake things up, so they'll keep Georgia and Auburn, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, on the board. Uh, I also think Florida. I think we can all assume the Gators will still be on the schedule. Um, that, that one's safe to say A&M is one that everyone is really wringing their wrists and hands over because they want to see Georgia play A&M. It's only happened once it was in Sanford stadium and Georgia is due for a trip to college station. I agree with that. So I think Florida, Auburn, A&M, and I think Georgia and Texas, I think Georgia could have two Lone Star State teams that that might seem a little tough but someone else brought up the point on our board that bama has already played texas and maybe georgia texas could be one of those marquee matchups to start the season uh and and get georgia uh back locking horns with bevo again just watch out for your tail uga uh i also think kentucky south carolina tennessee and vandy will stay on the schedule as those holdover traditional SEC East matchups because, like I I believe, the SEC won't want to shake things up too much as they totally dissolve 
the divisions. Uh, who do y'all think will be on Georgia's 2024 schedule if you had to lock anybody in right now? I agree. I, I, I think I agree with everything you just said, except for maybe Texas. And I know I that's think, aggressive. And I think, I think the reason for that is I think, I think that the SEC probably would like to get Oklahoma, Georgia back on the schedule, considering it was already set. And it, to me, that feels like their opportunity to do so. I mean, for all the for all the hell Georgia's caught this year for losing uh, Oklahoma off the schedule, I think that uh, that's one they'll try to get around to sooner rather than later. But I agree with you totally on Texas A and M. That's one that feels like it's just like you you were just wondering is this ever going to happen again? Yeah. Here's here's the reason that I don't think that one happens. Um, because I'm I'm with you, Roos. I do think Georgia plays Oklahoma, and I think they play at Oklahoma in that 2024 season. I have a really really hard time seeing the SEC sending. I, you know, to me, I think that they will play that those teams. There's there's four teams that I think are really kind of a haul geographically, um, and it's Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, and LSU. Those are the four most western westernmost teams in uh, in the conference, and so I think that they're going to try to eliminate teams having to make two of those trips in one year. So I've got them going to Oklahoma. Um, I, I completely agree with you there, Wes. I do think that they're going to keep Auburn, Florida, Kentucky on the schedule. Um, those are rumored to be Georgia's three. Uh, you know, permanent opponents if they were to go to a nine-game schedule. I think in order to keep the – with, with the possibility of going to a nine-game schedule in 2025 uh, out there, I think that they'll probably want to keep those opponents on that schedule so that it becomes – you know, that it still is a yearly ordeal. Um, so I've got, I've got Georgia playing – keep in mind, the Jacksonville game counts as a home game in 2024. So that that eats up one availability at Sanford Stadium. I've got them having Auburn in Athens. Uh, I've got them having Vanderbilt in Athens, and I've got LSU making the trip to Athens. Um, like I said, I think that they're gonna take those four Western teams and and uh, you know try to keep the trips uh, at a minimum. So I think that Georgia would make one trip to those four teams each year, play two of them, but they get one of them at home. So that's LSU. So I've got the four home games being Auburn, Florida, like I said, counts as a home game, LSU, Vanderbilt uh, on the road. I already mentioned Kentucky and Oklahoma. And then I think that they get uh, Arkansas and South Carolina. Okay, so no Tennessee? No Tennessee. It pains, pains me as, as somebody that's from the volunteer state, has heard a lot of Tennessee, Georgia talk over the years. No Tennessee. Do you think no Tennessee, no Kentucky? No, I've got, I've got Kentucky on there. All right, so you got Florida. Do you have A&M? No, I do not. No A&M. All right. Oklahoma. R Rusty, you got any guesses? Man, you're making my head hurt. Talking about Clemson, Texas <laughs> A&M, maybe at Oklahoma. I'm like, do what? Who? It's like that you know, Chris Tucker in that movie, Who Who Just Kicked Me? Like, <laughs> what what are y'all talking about here? I'm guessing to be honest with you, don't really, don't really know. Uh, but if you start talking about Georgia's playing Clemson in 2024 to open, and then they could potentially go to Texas A&M, maybe Texas or Oklahoma 
along with that schedule, look, it is what it is when Texas and Oklahoma comes in the league. Some, you know, you're adding two superpowers, I would consider, you know, major programs. So it's not going to be easy, but I'm not sure that they're going to pound Georgia that much because Georgia tried to go to Oklahoma this year. I mean, it was, it was their turn to do that. And they took it away from them. So we'll see what happens with that, but as soon as possible. So I think maybe that Texas A&M game would probably one I would feel confident leaning that that would probably on that 2024 schedule somewhere. See, see, to me, I think it's kind of at this point, I, I like to believe that it's a bit by the SEC and that they'll, uh, they'll keep that game out. They'll keep Georgia away from college station uh, for as long <laughs> as possible. They're going to commit to the bit. No yeah. one's going to say anything about Georgia's 2024 schedule like they are about Georgia's 2023 no. schedule. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And w- when you look at that Clemson game, that's nuts. Now, how, how does Bama keep Texas on the schedule when Georgia lost because- Oklahoma? Because they'll have wrapped up the home and home the home by and the home. time that they come. Because they played in 2022 in Austin. The return trip is set for 2023. Uh, Georgia's was a 2023 and then a 2031, I believe, was the back end of that deal. Um, so, yeah, the, by the time that they were going to make the return trip to Athens, uh, Oklahoma was supposed to be an SEC member. So that's why that got nixed. Uh, and I believe what? Oklahoma was also supposed to play a 2024-25 series against Tennessee. Uh, so that that could be one that they try to still work in there. Um, so um, it's uh, well, what's weird to me about that is why wouldn't they just knowing Oklahoma was coming in? Why wouldn't they just go ahead and complete just do it? Do it then. Do it when. Like let them play, let them play this year, and then in twenty four, they come to Athens. Because then, because then it's a conference game instead of a instead of a non conference deal. I guess that makes sense, sort of. Because because if if you schedule it as a there's a lot of overthinking in some of this. Well, if if you just let them play, if it gets gets scheduled in twenty twenty four as a conference game with Oklahoma coming to Athens. That means that there has to be a return trip of Georgia to Norman as a conference opponent. Mm, so that's okay. where the that's why the twenty three year wouldn't work. Oh well, that, to me then I I think that's why Oklahoma makes sense. I, for I wish that they would have played it as a neutral site game, but I sure. think that I think that just in in listening to what Josh and Jerry, my, my two buddies. And say about, uh, I don't know why that cracks me up to hear you just refer to them by their first names, but it's funny. But uh, you know, to, you know, to hear them talk about it, I, they went through just about every option. Um, I mean, you, you can hear read what the Oklahoma AD had to say. Um, they 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 went through every option possible, just with the the quick turnaround of it. It's why Georgia ended up getting Ball State, somebody that's not a marquee opponent. Um, you know, in fact, Georgia makes more money with a neutral site, uh, guarantee game than they do a home game. So it's, it's not necessarily about the, the money for Georgia to, you know, it's not advantageous for them to do that as a home game. Because there's incentives, there's travel incentives. There's yep. another funny thing that just cracked me up looking at Palmer, his head is kind of positioned right where the field goal holder is right now. It's going to crack me up. 
I think Rusty's dropped out due to poor internet connection, so we'll try to patch that up before the next show, and we'll wrap up tonight with some dog stocks. A lot of Kirk Herb, whoa, a lot of Kirk Herb Street on the show tonight. I'll say stock up on Georgia's uh, reverse rat poison, I guess, with uh, Herb Street's conversation with On Three's own JD Pakel saying that he believes that LSU and Alabama are still slightly ahead of the dogs. Maybe Herb Street's right. Maybe we're just too close to this thing, and we have an overinflated sense of how good the dogs could be this year. Rusty is doubled down. He said on on three with Shannon Terry, he said on the SEC podcast that he was on this past week, Georgia's got every chance to three-peat. And I agree with Rusty. I think the Alabama chip-on-the-shoulder narrative is one that we all expected to hear last year, and we did hear it. And we expected to see it play out on the field, and it didn't. So I don't think you can just assume – that Alabama is going to come into the season with the chip on their shoulder. And if they do, you can't assume that it's going to turn into a national championship. It turned into a 10 and two season last year and Bama is going to have to prove some things. They're going to have to show that they can just be big, bad Bama because Georgia's stolen two national championships from their trophy case since the last time they won one on the flip side. I will say Kirk Herbstreet knows how to make some waves. He knows how to play this game how to stir the pot a little bit uh, in late May, early June, where we are right now. And it's pretty boring to just say that George is going to three-peat. So I don't blame him for saying it, but it does work in George's favor because they always find a way to make those things work in their favor. I'll go uh, – yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um, I will go stock up on college baseball. Um, been oh, yeah been watching NCAA tournament this weekend. Um, it, it's that time of year where people start to have the conversation about it being an underrated sport. Um, the atmospheres that are out there, the, the, you know, home experience that people are getting uh, in these regionals and, and super regionals next weekend. Um, it's, it's like a college football Saturday uh, just over the course of, you know, three, four days in some cases um, over the course of a weekend. And so, um, been watching a lot of that. Obviously, did you I watch the squeeze play thing on on ESPN? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah that was yeah. that was awesome. It's been good. It's been good. I, I'll, I'll get right back to it after the show. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that you know, th th there's been some conversation on our board about college baseball. There's been obviously a lot of conversation about Georgia's head coach opening, and I think that this is what you, you know, watching other teams uh, get to experience this other fan bases get to experience this. Uh, that's, that's what Georgia fans want. Uh, that's, that's what the expectation should be at Georgia. Uh, they, you know, should be hosting a regional. They should be competing in the NCAA tournament every year. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that this weekend without baseball uh, you know, for, for fans that have gotten to watch for me, that's gotten to watch, um, I think it can give a little bit of a glimpse into what Georgia can be uh, and, and should be with this hire. So I'm excited to see what direction Georgia goes. Uh, have heard some rumblings. Um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of different directions that this this coaching search could go. And um, yeah, I, I, one thing I will say though is I feel confident in Josh Brooks. He's you know he kind of got a good track record going so far. Yeah, and you know the hire may come out of left field. 
Uh, Mike White wasn't somebody that I expected to be the next basketball coach and baseball coach could be the same way, but um, yeah, he's, it's, it's a big hire. And, and that's because this is a, a sport that is growing, continuing to grow, gain attention. And um, georgia has got a, all the right reasons in the world to be a, a really competitive, strong baseball program. Get some new blood in that head coaching catbird seat, work the transfer portal and sign as many Georgia recruits as you can. All right, Jake Roos, Mountain Jake, take us home. Stock down on partying in your 30s, man. That's what mm. I'm going to say. Uh, I went to a wedding this weekend. I wasn't going to say anything. but appreciated one of my uh, great friend's weddings uh, this weekend. Had an absolute fantastic time with uh, some old friends, good people. But, man, 3 a.m., you can't do it till 3 a.m. anymore, man, when you're, when you're 36. It just don't work like that. The, uh, the old gray mayor ain't what he used to be is what I'll say. So Take notes, um, Palmer. <laughs> yeah, get it in while you can is my, is my <laughs> advice. Uh, soak it in while you can, buddy, because uh, it's been a rough, rough Sunday here. Um, All right, but also no, I, I wanted to, I, I do want to say uh, I mentioned him earlier in the show. I'm going to say stock up on where Georgia stands with Daniel Calhoun. Um, I think uh, that's one that I feel really good about at this moment. Um, now, you know, these things can change on a dime, and you know, he's going to probably see things out maybe a little bit further, but. I feel really good about where Georgia stands with him right now. I think that that would be a really important pickup uh, for them um, just because of the caliber he is. And we've repeated this on the show. I repeated it on the board. I try to remind people of this. It is a down year nationally for uh, offensive linemen in a big way. Um, I think the highest rated offensive lineman is like 26. And then I think, I think there's like two in the top 100, if I'm not mistaken, mm. offensive tackles. Um, and so, Listen, when the resources are spread that thin, everybody's involved and everybody's going to be throwing around NIL. Everybody's going to be throwing around promises. Um, but Calhoun, I, I, you want to keep your elite guys in state, uh, obviously, and, and it's tough to do that every year um, with all the competition Georgia has around them. And, of course, that factor that we mention a lot of, uh, you know, the idea of these all these metro kids aren't necessarily georgia kids so they don't grow up with the same view now the seeds are being planted for the future even with the transplant kids i promise you that but you know georgia is um uh, up against the the best in the nation uh for what is a smaller pool of talent on the offensive line this uh this year and uh so that's going to make it tough so uh it's good it's good news to hear uh that georgia trending with a guy like daniel calhoun yeah good stuff Roos, Palmer, thanks as always. Rusty, we will uh, catch you on the other side. And thank you all for tuning in tonight, tuning in this morning, whenever you're listening, wherever you're watching. Hit like, hit subscribe, leave us a friendly comment in the reviews, and we will see you again live every Sunday and Wednesday, 8.30 p.m., and Mondays at 9 p.m. for the Georgia Show. For Roos, for Palmer, for Jake Rowe, for Rusty Manziel, and Everyone that contributes to Dogs HQ, Chad Simmons, Jeremy Johnson, thanks for all you've done this week on the recruiting front. We will catch you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.